We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. LL, what's good? Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anora Boys are back in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Notre Dame, 45. South Carolina, 38. Gator Bowl victory, 9-4 on the season. Tremendous, tremendous game. Great college football game left. Great college football game. We'll get to everything this week. That's a lot to dissect, right? So we'll save like Marcus Freeman's press conference, the players' plus press conferences. We'll save that for like Monday and Tuesday. I will like to update the schedule. We will have Caleb Smith, transfer wide receiver from Virginia Tech, Wednesday. Wednesday. He had to push things back. He's been going back and forth between the in-laws at the same time, moving in to his new apartment in South Bend. So he's been doing a lot of traveling this week. Feels more comfortable once he gets settled next week back in South Bend to come on with us. He'll be on with us Wednesday, next Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. Caleb Smith, transfer wide receiver from Virginia Tech. We're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about the first half, second half, the coordinators, Marcus Freeman, Tyler Buckner, what it means moving forward. Uh, does it impact a transfer quarterback coming in? And ultimately what Notre Dame needs to do moving forward to become a true contender for a national championship. As always, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation. All of our great content is courtesy and in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Go right now. We appreciate all your support, your continued support. Thank you for how you guys have really supported the podcast over the last month and a half. It's doing fantastic. And we're going to continue to build even in the off season and give you more great content, recruiting, changes as they come throughout the program, players that might leave, new players coming mm -hmm. in. We're going to have you covered right here. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, Lef, what I'm going to do and how I'm going to play this, you know, because I'm the point guard. I love throwing alley-oops. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw you your flowers, and then I'm just let you go. I'm just let you go because I know, man, everything's been pent up, right? You didn't get a chance to really talk right after the game. You've had, you know, some time to sleep, contemplate, watch the game again. But I'll say this, there's one person that I know of that flat out said over a year ago, if you start this young man now, you will reap the benefits of letting him play as a true freshman. And that was you. You're the only person that stared the coaching staff, the media, and everybody else in the face and said, look, the only way this young man is going to get better is if you play him. He needs to start right now. Jack Cohn needs to be on the sideline, and this program will be better for it next year. I throw your flowers, right? Because even after three starts, he only has three college starts. And you saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. All in, in 60 minutes yesterday from him. But I will say this. He's a much better quarterback than he was against Marshall. I don't know how. I don't know what they did in bowl preparation. Even with the bad and the ugly. I saw a different quarterback. So go ahead. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you definitely saw everything you're going to get with a Tyler Buckner and encapsulated in one game. He's still throwing the most pick sixes I've ever seen for a guy to play as, as little as he's played. So if you're throwing turnovers as much as you are in the little time that you're playing, that's extrapolated. You're not just going to lose that quality about you. So you definitely got some gunslinger ability uh, in there. But man, he's gonna he's gonna fight. And I think it's just to have that type of play for 12, 13 games, I don't think you're gonna make it. I just don't think you're gonna make it. It's just too volatile of a style. But for one game, it's a hell of a thing to watch. I would take Tyler in a one game situation over a 
13 game stretch only because of health. He played like it was his last game ever playing football. I mean, he left it all out on the field. I just don't think he has the body to take that type of punishment throughout the entire season. But for a one game audition tape to be like, look, keep me on the roster or cut me or I'm leaving. I think he played well enough to get the respect of not only the coaching staff, but his team around him that look, I may not be perfect, but, but damn it. I'm yeah. It's going to be on me. I'll take the last shot. It needs to be make a miss. I'm taking it. Now I do think that if he was able to stay healthy, it would smooth out and you'll be able to see a nice polished Tyler Buckner. I just don't believe that the way he's playing is going to allow him to last uh, long enough to be polished. So I always think that he'll have moments where it's brilliant and then moments where you're like, oh, my goodness. What <laughs> think about think about the game. I think he he lives in the moment of every play is my last play instead of you know and you get in that mode when you in the in the in the in the situation he's been in where he's got a chance to finally play didn't get hurt miss a whole thing now he's in competition now he's getting to play so he's got to do more than you would probably do on a daily basis so things like trying to fit that touchdown in when we really can do anything but that. I think it's just him, you know, trying to do a little bit more to prove. But to me, he's proved that he definitely deserves to be in the in a on the team and, and and have a chance to lead the team. But I also believe that he played well enough to show why he's a good backup role too for for this team. I think if he was to go to a Wake Forest situation, we had to, you know, trade. I think he would benefit Wake Forest way more than Wake Forest would benefit him. And I think, you know, in the circumstances of what we need, we need a guy that's two games better than what we know we can do. Tyler is more of a needs a season. He need a full season to play. Let him develop. I think he would be really good in two years. I really do. That's just because of his injured, not being able to stay healthy. I think he needs a full season to kind of get an even polished game. I just think he just did everything last night. Claw scratched and all of that just to get a win. But three turnovers, especially pick sixes, you're not winning against teams that are really, you know, uh, in crunch time situations that we need to win. Definitely not going to win in those two games we need, you know, to get over that championship hump. But them two pick sixes were no different than the pick sixes I'm seeing from Marshall. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if that's in your game, that's nah, – I'll push back on that. That's that, that, first, that, that first pick six happens to every quarterback. Every quarterback gets a tip ball at the line. That, I've never seen that, that second one. So many pick sixes in such a limited hey, time starting. It is what it is. I've never seen it. I know one thing. The Wake Forest quarterback that everybody wants threw two pick sixes in one game this year as well. That's so, right. So 
But that's but you got to but it's that's just, also a guy that's been in there versus a guy that I think is doing everything he can just to get his get his opportunity and stick with it. So I do think I like that, and I really appreciate the fact that Tommy didn't go in there scared. He didn't mm-hmm. go in there with the Ohio State game plan of we're going to run, 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 throw it. He gave Tyler plenty of chances to show are you capable and efficient enough as a passer early on in the game, down the stretch? Can you make the easy plays? Can you make the tough plays? You got to see that on display. And I think I appreciate Tommy for allowing him to show that so we can be like, okay, we can evaluate. All right, he's not good at certain, you know, ranges of throws, but he can do this really well. He can do that very well. So I think we got to see kind of what an identity of the offense would look like in his dynamic. Putting up 45 points when it could have been more without the pick sixes, probably. Shows that Tommy has some semblance of <clears throat> a relationship and that Tyler Buckner understands the system and they got some trust there, which is what I think they were always talking about. He just never had the chance because he was hurt. But I do think that um, in terms of if we're winning it all with a Tyler Buckner playing like this next year, I don't think so. Not because, you know, it won't work. I mean, the turnovers definitely won't work, but not being available to play because of the way you're playing. I mean, he was getting crushed. Dude, look, I'm glad you said that, bro, because we can segue. We can segue. Look, Data Bowl MVP, put in work, resilient, tough, whatever you want to call it. That's what Tyler Buckner was. Yeah. 18 to 33, 274, 8.3 yards, QBR of 68.4. That's because of the interceptions. Well, man, look, the kid balled, dude. Look, man, he played his tail off. He played his he played his tail off. Look, let me tell you something, man, because we can segue. Your three keys. We can go back to your three keys, right? And we can go back to what we said on Thursday. This Gator Bowl was going to be a turning point for so many ways. Like, you might not realize it, but what you're going to watch on Friday, it's going to be a turning point for this program, for Marcus Freeman and some of these players. And that's exactly what we saw. But in your three keys, you said it all week, Left South Carolina is going to come out and blitz and pressure Tyler Buck. The whole time. From the jump. And we need to be prepared to take advantage of it. I don't think we were offensively. And I think if, if they, we were relying on Okay, Tyler to take a hit or he can make a guy miss, still get the playoff. But you got to think, this guy just came back off an injury. And I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that they didn't have a plan, but it didn't, it didn't keep him protected as much as you would hope for a guy (laughs) coming back from missing 10, 11 games. So that's going to be a blueprint in the future. If Tyler Buckner had a game next week, the defense would do the exact same thing. We're going to blitz the shit out of time. Because there's no way 
you're going to take all them hits and not and not and not and, not, and it not affect you in some way cuz it all them hits equal three turnovers so another team would be like well we can live with three turnovers we'll just do this and this but we still coming that's the world Tyler has to live in because of the way and the style that he plays is just so it's so physical until he becomes refined like you said and, until he becomes refined but you got to battle staying healthy that's your biggest fight yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Tommy's not going to call a healthier <laughs> game plan for you because you're successful at the things that you do. Either you got to get big like Brady Quinn and get in the weight room and get super diesel like a Tim Tebow, or you got to find a way to, uh, to, to, to run better, take less hits as a quarterback if you want to survive 13-game stretch. You can still be effective because he has some very nice throws downfield. He had he took some chances, you know. I like that he's not afraid to push the ball. You know, add some add some touch on it here and there. We, but that all comes with you got to be out there a lot. So if it, if it wasn't so physical of a game, I think he'll be really good for this football team. We're going to get to I'm, – I'm interested in seeing when we get to the grades for the Gator Bowl, what you give Tommy Reese. I'm, I'm very interested in seeing what you give him. Because I think Tommy got into his bag or he got into a flow, but that was just too many lulls in the game for like two or three possessions where I was like, all right, come on, man. And, you know, some of that might be blamed on rust. And missed opportunities or missed throws. I mean, that was some layups that Tyler had that he just flat out missed. He just flat out missed. Like, that's there. You have to make that throw. You can't throw the ball at his feet. Um, I don't know what Tobias Merriweather was doing on that one throw because I thought that was a dime. He just didn't even run or either didn't look back for the ball or didn't expect the ball. Uh, I talked to someone, um, and he said, yo, I think he was really injured. Like, he was never right until he injured himself in the end zone early in the game because he wasn't running around right. So they read the game, and I'll take their word for it. But I mean, truthfully, he really played like Brandon. I mean, him and Brandon's game look very similar, very physical runners. I think Brandon took less mm. big hits. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what was the thing about Brandon that everybody got tired of? Well, damn, he missing easy throws. And you turn it over, throwing crazy picks. Yeah. Yeah. And what was Tyler's issue? Oh, man. you Brandon could stay healthy. Tyler couldn't stay healthy. But even if Tyler was healthy, just because of the, how the offense was ran last night, but how I explained how the offense is ran in general for guys at quarterback at Notre Dame. Yeah. And taking on that role and not taking it with a grain of salt, you're going to be doing a lot. And so when you're taking all them hits, you're running the football, you're turning around, missing easy throws, and you want to take chances, and then you, you know, you you you're doing a lot to where you're not locked in on step by step to where you now you're making easy mistakes, throwing easy picks because you want it so bad, but you have tired because you just ran 15 yards down the field, took 
ran a linebacker over, safety jumped on your back, then you get up, then you call another play, change the protection. Now you, you know, reading a five-step drop. You know, and I think that just, there's definitely percentages on that of how it affects your completion percentage after big runs, but that's all game planning. But it definitely was very similar to how Brandon's game was. I think of the Miami game mm-hmm. at home when Brandon was playing in 20, what, 2018, 2017. Brandon was on fire first half. And then second half threw three, four picks and they benched him. You know what I mean? So this just happens to be a bowl game to where we're looking at that. Like, okay, well, he has a lot of potential. Yeah, I think Tyler Buckner has a lot of potential. But – the turnovers is something that comes with the style of play in that offense that you have. Yeah, Lucky Lefty Podcast, man, talking about Notre Dame's 45-38 win over South Carolina in the Gator Bowl on yesterday. We're going to get to your super chats. Thank you for the chat always being lit. Preparation, bro. It's so funny because it was stark contrast to the Fiesta Bowl where you felt like Notre Dame was prepared really well against Oklahoma State. They jump out to that big lead, and you're like, man, they really worked. Man, you could tell they came into this game ready to play. Yesterday on both sides of the ball, you talk about Tommy not being prepared or the offense not being prepared for the pressure that we all knew South Carolina was going to start out with, with Tyler Buckman being the quarterback and then defensively I'm just sitting there for like a quarter and a half watching the defense not know how to line up where to line up once again susceptible to tempo screen passes to the outside being out leveraged and I'm like dude what (laughs) what what are we doing right like what are we doing man what are we doing but then they were able to come back, settle down, play football. Let me tell you something, man. As much as we were upset about that defensive effort, because people, look, miss me miss me with that. They only gave up 10 points. They don't do, look, the defense was disheveled early in that game. Like, if you're cool with defenses not knowing how to line up and who to stick, I don't care about the points, dude. That's totally separate than us giving up 10 points. Absolutely. Totally separate. Like, that can't happen. Yeah, because that's that's basic stuff. Thank you. You know, that's like tipping. If you're just doing regular service, that's your job. And that's when you're outcome-based, right? Yeah. Which Marcus Freeman said, they're not. So you can't say, well, they only gave up 10 points. Okay. But they're still struggling with the same things they struggled with against USC. The yeah. same things. The same thing. That's yeah, not my cool. food came out in 30 minutes, but you came back 15 times asking what I wanted. Absolutely. That's the, ba- the basic thing is to remember the order. Absolutely. 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 Like, we don't know how to line up. You can't tackle. My boy, I love Ramon Henderson. He's always around the ball, but my man, you need to learn how to wrap up, dude. 
You're always trying to deliver a blow. You, you hit the man. Chancellor. You got you to gotta finish the tackle. Dude, wrap up. Wrap up. Is anybody watching? Tell me if I'm wrong. Left, tell me if I'm wrong. LL Nation, Notre Dame fans, tell me if I'm wrong. Is Prince Collie not one of the best linebackers on the team? Like, what, what else do we need to see? I don't care about seniority. I don't care about leadership. I don't care about how smart you are. Ten is one of the best dudes at that position. Period. Period. Play that dude. Don't don't come back, man. Please don't show up next August with the same linebackers on the depth chart. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's obvious to me. Look, 17 didn't know what the heck he was doing yesterday, but that dude was flying around. Left, he didn't have a clue what he didn't know, but he was playing fast. He was flying around yeah. trying to hit people. Yeah. Dude, it was, it was fun to watch, and like, it was it was hilarious at the same time. He was just yes. flying. He was just flying around. It was just like, look, I'm going to just come off fast. If I come <laughs> off fast, I'm going to be somewhere close, and then I'll figure it out after that. You know how kids are in a walker? Yeah. You put them in a walker, they just run into the walls, just run. They just, man, they just. Boom, 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 boom. Everything. We there. You know. (laughs) Jalen Sneed. He just just ended up at the ball. He's just there. at the ball. Yeah. If he do do enough effort, something's coming out of that. You know, whether he going to say, okay, we're going to go B-gap. I'm going to go hard. I might. Run past something, but if I go faster, I might be able to get it on the backside or something like that. Absolutely. 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 And that's what you want to see. That's why, dude, we told you. It's a turning point. It's a turning point. And it's not going to look cute. It's not going to look pretty. But it's a turning point. (laughs) Get these dudes on the field. Get them on the field. Let them play, bro. Right? Because what we saw early from the usual suspects, what did we see? I don't want to hear about the 40 times. They can't read and react fast enough, man. We've seen it enough. If teams spread that defense out, those kids cannot react fast enough to make the necessary plays. They can't. And then all of a sudden, Prince Collie starts getting more reps and it seems like the outside game starts to get shut down. J.D. Bertrand, I'll give it to him. J.D. Bertrand was split out wide one-on-one against the running back and made a really nice tackle. Really nice tackle to the field. Really good job. J.D. just can't do it 10 out of 10 times. He can do it like 6 or 7, which is why we like him. Yeah. When he misses him 3 it's yeah. like, man, get him out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I tweeted it out at halftime. I'm like, yo, we are extremely lucky to be down seven. Like, boy, this this was an ugly first half on both sides of the ball. Everybody, defense, offense, special teams, everybody. And we're only down seven? I'm like, okay. We're, man, we're good because we're extremely lucky. This should be a double-digit game right now. Yeah. Easily. But they settled in. They settled everything we're saying about the defense, they settled in. 
offense, offensive line, struggled a little bit. No plan early against the, the pressure they were bringing. Settled in. Like, I just saw Josh Lug literally just whiff on a blitzer up the middle. Just Olay. <laughs> Tyler was getting hit. They made, it, they made a comment like, dude, look at the back of his jersey. It's just, man, grass stains, dirt. That's every game for him. That's true. But this like game. Virginia Tech, his jersey was way more dirtier than anybody, and he only played 15% of the 15% game. 15%. No, he played about last. You're talking about BT last year? Yeah. He came in late in the first and then early fourth. He played about 60% of that game. Okay. Because he twisted his ankle like way in, the, in the fourth quarter. He twisted his ankle in the fourth quarter, right? But you see, like, oh, man, you see Prince Collie. You see Jordan Patello with two sacks. Like, this is what we meant. Like, you're going to see the glimpses of the future. Like, you're going to see the glimpses of the future. You see, dude, you see Benji come up with another pick, right? He probably would have gotten another one if he didn't leave with a concussion. And it was good to see him standing on the sideline with his parents. You know, in the second half after he Six came back in the fourth quarter. Look, I understand. Everybody in the chat, we can talk about players, position changes that might be coming, you know, and all of that. We have plenty of time in all season to get to that. All I know is, okay, bring the rest of them. Josh Burnham, Nolan Ziegler, all dude. The ones that I know are more athletic and faster. Let's go. It's time. It's time. It's time. Let's rock out. Let's go play. Let's go play. I thought the defensive line in the second half did a much better job of getting pressure on Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Much better. He's not that athletic. So once we got him off his spot. No. It was just a bunch of chase downs and throwaways. No. And I look, bro, I know from a – you always tell me from a talent standpoint, arm talent, let me tell you something, bro. That throw he threw to Leggett, that was a rope. He can throw that rope. That was a rope, dude. I'm telling you, Spencer can throw that ball, man. I was so impressed when I first saw him in the seventh grade. That dude, he has some other issues off the field. And like you said, not that athletic. But if you get that dude time to throw, that dude has that. He can throw it. Yeah, he can throw that thing. (laughs) He can throw that pig around a little bit, bro. Yes, yes. Yeah. He can skew it on the barbecue. Yeah. I don't know what Clarence Lewis was doing because that was cover two. I watched the game again. I'm like, dude, that's cover two. You have no threat to the flat. Why are you not carrying this dude down the field? And I was and literally going to throw it. And I, that was, I was telling y'all. That was literally plays that. Yes. Yes. You said that. The I throws that you think. Take them chances. Don't give it to him. Because if you let him, he's going to do it. And he did yeah. it. I told yeah, you. Yeah, man. They need to be watching my show, man. They need yeah. to watch the show. I'm <laughs> he, giving you the secret insides. He's going to do it. But let me tell you something. As much as we can malign all the things that happened in the first half and how it just seemed like across the board, everything was out of whack, right? 
from the time that Tyler threw his second interception, where he he just tried to make a play. I mean, he was just trying to make a play. He tried to flip. He was trying to make a play. It was at that point in the game. As he matures, then when he's polished, he just goes down and lives to fight another day. That's what I'm day. saying. Like he was trying to be like, look, I, this is like I said, my audition tape. Yeah. Yeah, he, this he, is my he, audition he, tape to get back in the group. Yeah, he was trying to do. So too I'm much. hitting them extra notes. I know you want to leave. <laughs> he hitting all them extra notes. He got too. He said, "I deserve to be in the group." He was trying to be like your boy, the five heartbeats. Yeah, he was trying to get in the group, Eddie game. So he gonna do a little extra. So the flip, I'm like, that's just that's just him trying to earn his spot. Oh man. You know, because if it went well, he gonna be like, "See, I I can do different stuff." Sam Hartman can't do this, you know. I don't blame him. Shoot, but that's but if for a one game time, you see what I'm saying? He gonna do stuff like that. And 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 who knows if it worked out and we scored or something, we'd be on ESPN, right? So I think he I think he was trying. That cat was trying to be Eddie Kane. You try to get any <laughs> Is there anybody in the house? Stand up. <laughs> hey, I'm getting in this group, man. Y'all not well, <laughs> man, y'all excuse us. Lucky. <laughs> Yo. Well, from that point, from that interception to um from that interception to Braden Lindsay's touchdown, the defense got three consecutive stops, bro, yeah. to keep Notre Dame in that game. That was, those three series right there, you go back and watch it. That was the best that defense played all year. Man, and that was without Benjamin Morrison. Yeah. With no Benjamin Morrison on the field, no Isaiah Foskey. No Cam Hart. The future. The changing three, of the guard. The changing of the guard played three of the best series to keep Notre Dame in that game until the offense could get right. Yeah. That was the game. South Carolina got the ball in plus territory, up seven, with a chance to go up 14 and got like four yards. They get the ball back, can't move it, punt, three and out. Changing the guard. Notre Dame punts again, three and out. Dude, that, that was the defining moment of that game. When South Carolina had the momentum and a chance to go up double digits, Al goes deep and said, uh-uh, I don't That's care right. who's not playing. Nope. We're not going anywhere. And finally, Tommy got some things going. They got the ball. Man, I'm so happy for Braden Lindsey, bro. Yeah. I'm so happy for Braden Lindsey, bro. Did you see the release package on the quick slant, though, bro? I mean, did you see, it was... did you see the... <laughs> <laughs> DB didn't know where to go. He didn't know where to go. Man. 
it was, man, it was really, it was a really fun college football game, right? Some people just wanted to be miserable. Like, you know, people just wanted to nitpick after the game. It's like, dude, they just won the game. Well, they were down 21 to 7. That's right. Like, there's no one watching us right now that would have known, or if we told them Notre Dame's going to be down 21-7 in the second quarter, no one would have said, oh, they're going to be able to come back and win that game. I think most people would have been like, man, that means, man, Tyler's going to have to throw the ball a lot. I mean, he came out swinging, which I thought was pretty good. Heck, he had enough practice throwing the ball. He had over a month. He should have been ready. And all the South Carolina people, you know, their coach, look, come on, Shane Beamer. Come on, just tip your cap. We were without nine to ten players that played against Clemson. Man, stop. 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 Notre Dame was missing a first-round tight end that the entire offense, they basically changed their offense in a month. The offense they ran all year, they scrapped it and had a month to prepare. Why? Because they couldn't run the offense through the tight end anymore. New offense, and then three of the top four defensive players for Notre Dame didn't play. And you had a quarter and a half without Benjamin Morrison. Up seven points. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear about who did play for you. Hush. Stop. Just tip your cap. Good game, Notre Dame. You were up 21-7, dude. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I gotta be like, well, you was up 21-7. You up 21-7. You just, you know, you just used all your spades too early. You don't know how to play spades. You gotta learn how to play the card game, bro. You can't you used all your tricks in the first half. Can't do it. Used all your tricks in the first half. After that, you didn't have anything to go to, my man. Nothing. That's on you, man. No more tricks. It is what it is. You star of the game, bro. You know, Tyler Buckner got the MVP, but in your opinion, who was the star of the game? Probably Logan Diggs. Diego? Yeah, I think just his impact of uh, without him, we wouldn't have been able to do what we did. And I think um, his quiet 75-yard touchdown. Definitely settled the game impact. down. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, which I thought he was going to get the MVP, but, you know, it's good to see the QB snatch one up too. You know what? 12 for 89 on the ground with one touchdown. And then, like you said, two for 81 with a touchdown through the air. That's that's, that's a pretty impressive that's pretty, day. Yeah, that's pretty impactful <laughs> to a game, you know. Yeah. yeah, he had the go-ahead touchdown, the first go-ahead touchdown where they went up 38-31. And then he had the touchdown that got them back in the game in the first half mm-hmm. on that 75-yard touchdown left. I, I, I couldn't be mad with that. I yeah, couldn't so, be mad with that. Hey, you know. We had uh, a receiving core that went over 100 yards in reception yards, bro. We had two receivers 
that went over 50 yards, reception yards, bro. Yeah. Nine catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. That's Braden Lindsey and Jaden Thomas. That's right. We no longer have to say freaking Charlie Jones. For one game. <laughs> for one game. For one game. For one game. It was good to see. Right? It was good to see. Lorenzo Styles was targeted on some shorter stuff. Uh, Tobias Merriweather was targeted uh, a couple of times just to get the ball to him. Right? Those are some in- gimmies. I'm talking about some gimmies that Tyler missed. He just flat out missed them. Those are some layups he missed. But once again, like just I said, like people would say with Brandon. Yeah. 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 Same thing. The same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it, it's definitely going to be a lot of buzz around this program and what's going to take place with this roster. My anticipation is, like we said, the Gator Bowl, man, it's turning point. You're really going to start to see that future showing who they're going to be and how they can elevate both sides of the ball. And then on top of that, yo, let me just throw this in there, man. You know how you can watch a game and become a fan of somebody else on the other side? Oh, yeah, for sure. That that Birch kid on defense? Hey, dude, I saw that dude put Joe Alt on his butt. No, said, 44, right? No, 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 number five. Oh, 44 man. green, he played well as well. I like 44. But Birch. Dude, Birch put that cat Joe Alt on his butt, and I was like, oh, okay. See, that's the different weight that we you talk talked about. about. That defensive line, yeah, facing the SEC, some SEC dudes, they hit different. Yeah, it's just a different <laughs> intensity on that line. Yeah. And you saw it. We, we did a decently good enough job, but, you know, seeing that every week. <laughs> Man. See you not every week. Okay, and they ain't even I, had a, they ain't even had a big, big sucker that's that was in there. That's going. And I, I think it took because you saw Blake and Joe get beat wide early in the game. It took them a while to kind of adjust. Like, oh, okay, wait a minute, this is a different. This a different. It's the different intensity. Yeah, which is the difference between SEC and everybody else. Yeah, the D lines are just like, it don't even really be. The skill is just the overall, they just coming. (laughs) So if you're not in there dancing or in there really on your P's and Q's early on, you can get beat sometimes off of like a, oh, I got to really, you know, really punch right there, like really stab right there. Facts, facts. But they settled in just like everyone else, man. They settled in. It was good to see Jay Mickey. Looked like he's regained some confidence. Came up, had a couple of nice plays. Um, like you said, Benjamin Morrison with the interception. Benjamin Morrison was playing well in that game. Uh, Clarence Lewis actually came up big after, you know, giving up the touchdown of the Leggett in the corner of the end zone. He broke on the ball in the fourth quarter. I thought he had a pick. DJ Brown definitely should have had a pick because they baited him into that. Like when he broke underneath, 
when he saw the defensive back playing back. That's a pick six. We said, now this is the thing. Remember we said this, left. We said Notre Dame has only had three games of multi-turn that were multi-turnover games defensively. Only They've only done it three times. But the thing is, they're going to get plenty of opportunities with Spencer Rattler. And they should have come away with at least three interceptions yesterday. At least three. <laughs> at least three. So, but, you know, there's, there's opportunities that we'll see next year. Got some good quarterbacks on the roster, so we'll find out. Shout out to Xavier Watts, another kid I thought played fantastic yesterday. Great breakup in the end zone when he was defending Leggett in the slot. And then Spencer Rattler missed that, that shot to the flat to his running back, Morrison. And they were talking about he threw it into the ground. You watch that game again. Even if Morrison catches the ball, Xavier Watts is right there. Either he's going to stop him short of the stick or it's going to be really close right. on that third down play. So, like, he was flying all over the field making plays yesterday as well. So, like I'm saying, man, that was, the Gator Bowl was going to be where you start to see the change in other guard. That's the turning point. And the fact that they were able to get the victory, go to 9-4, and four, it looks a whole lot better. It feels a whole lot better than 8-5. and five. I can tell you that. Lucky Lucky Podcast. Apple Podcast, Spotify. CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown for all of our great content. Go download, comment, leave us five stars. We greatly appreciate it. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. Uh oh. Let me get my pen and paper, boy. Woo, I don't know whether or not he's grading. On a scale today, but it's time for Left's Grades. Brought to you by Honora Whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey. AnoraWhiskey.com. Left, what's your grade for the quarterback? I gave him a B plus. Mm. Can't give him an A because he threw three picks but or three turnovers, but... Um, I appreciate for for missing all them games and come out, not being afraid, taking chances, running hard, and getting the MVP, getting the win. Running backs. Running backs. Got to get him an A. <laughs> oh, yesterday, Logan Diggs, man, without them two, uh, keeping us close and then finishing the game off. I think it was in, uh, it was great to see uh, just the ability of them to be able to work in tandem. I think we got to see them come in at the right times in the game. Mm-hmm. Logan Diggs got to make an impact outside catching the football, and Aldrich going north and south, punishing them like that. I think it's a great mix for a defense to be able to keep up with, and as the game grows and gets older, I mean, our running backs get better. And I think uh, for them too, and then Chris Tyree to come in there, I think we give them the wrong play sometimes. But overall, I think they were a staple for us to be in that game and help Tyler Buckner out a lot. So got to give him an A. Offensive line left. I give him a B. I think we could have done a lot better 
working in tandem, protecting the quarterback. I think we met a good challenge, though. And uh, so to overcome that and get 45 points, definitely a good job. But, you know, there were some times where I thought we could have won our one-on-ones better. And I know he still probably got a lot of critiques, but got to give him a B. They gave us a chance uh, in the second half and wore him down with the run game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, play well as a unit. Your receiving core and the tight ends, how you grade them out? Mitchell Evans caught the game clinching touchdown. Um, I got to give them a, a A. I think they're being hungry and meeting the challenge, making plays for their quarterback that hasn't played. Uh, and then Braden Lindsey winning his one-on-ones along with Jaden Thomas showing that he can be the star in the future and guys getting involved. I think it's a, a great thing to see when everybody gets to touch the football. We did a great job of that. So receivers and tight ends for a bowl game, stepping up to the challenge without our number one guy we always go to with Michael Mayers. He was there in support, and I think his support helped a lot, but we got to give those guys an A. We go to the other side. And let's start with the linebackers, the Notre Dame linebackers. You had guys starting out slow, looking like they were going to give the same performance that we saw most of the season. And then all of a sudden, things started to change. Yeah, I think uh, the defense you got to get first and second half grades just because I thought we played better at a finish than we did in the start. Mm-hmm. Um, we figured out that we were in a football game in the second half, but that first half, I thought we were sleepwalking a little bit, especially linebacker play. So I give the first half a C, but the second half a B plus because the energy and effort we gave in the second half showed a lot better. And, and like you said, those three drives are three, three and outs. I mean, that's, that's good football right there. Oh, absolutely. Defensive line left. Defensive line, I was disappointed in the first half. We just couldn't get to him and couldn't get him off his spot. That was like a C-minus for me. But then second half, getting him off his spot, especially last drive with Jordan Patello getting the sack, uh, Riley Mills uh, pushing, getting intentional grounding. I think uh, the second half, we got him off his spot, and once we did, it made better for the defense entirety. And you got to give defense line credit for that, so B-plus second half. Secondary. Early, I mean, giving up as many points as we did, I don't know. But I'll give them a B. I think that uh, we saw what happens when we think we're there, but we're not really there against a talented quarterback. We adjusted well in the second half, but first half, man, we just got tightened down a little bit. I think the guys got enough experience to roll in the next year and feel more confident, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But definitely give them a B. Now let's go to the coordinators to start out with offensive coordinator Tommy Reese. (sighs) (laughs) I give Tommy a B. I think uh, just putting TB in harm's way too much still in a way. I think that's just, I don't know if you can avoid that, but I thought there was obvious, some obvious situations that we could have, you know, finished the game off more smoothly. However, I did like that you were aggressive with Tyler Buckner 
wasn't the Ohio State type of game plan that you had previous, though you had a lot of trust with him, got some things that he really liked. But, you know, I think you did a really good job, man, 45 points this year. We had like 50-something last year. Man, so hopefully we keep that rolling. But a, a dynamic quarterback and, and what he likes to do can do yeah. a lot. Yeah. So hopefully he takes heed of that and continues to build on it. But I got to give him a B, man. I thought he did a good job. I, 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 that's fair. That's fair. Even with the 45 points, um, Aldrick SMA runs the ball down to the six-yard line and the next play call is just ridiculous. Just no, Just for what? Why? For what? The Carolina, South Carolina defense is gassed. Yeah, they were gassed. They were gassed. They were, for what? They did like, not want to tackle. Now we're throwing fake screens down on the goal line to Mitchell Evans. Like that, come on, man. That that play call right there. Man, look. And like we said, the defense had to play that great because the offense. Went on once again, went silent for three series. Nothing. So there were just too many lulls to be able to give him an A, even though they put up 45 points. So I think a B is fair. A B is fair. That's a fair grade. Al Golden. I got to give him a B, too. First half, we looked out of position. I don't know if that was a communication standpoint, but the way we rebound. Uh, I thought it was very professional of him to be able to get the team to rally and, and figure out how figure out the, the problem in the first half. So got to give him a B because we played tremendously better the second half. Just shows we can make great adjustments as a team as a whole, especially defensively. Man, uh, I said I was going to pull my hair out if I saw another safety blitzing from 15 yards off the ball and not getting anywhere. He did it at least three times yesterday. Like, at least, at least, but yo, what grade? I forgot to write it down. What grade did you give the Algo? A B. You gave him a B as well. Okay. The first half, I would, it was like a C minus. Uh, man, I could rock with that. I could rock with that. So you, man, you, your lowest grade was a B. Today, yeah, right? we got to win in a bowl game, man. I think we start got to start making that a, a regular thing. Uh, and Marcus Freeman to get his first one, I think, in his true coming out party, not last year, but this year, um, it's, a, it's a good trend to start. Yeah, I think one of the things they went in, just one of the adjustments they made is they started doing a lot of movement and stunts with the defensive line. And that really started confusing the offensive line of South Carolina and just really made it easy for them to get to uh, Spencer Rattler and put some hits on him in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was a key move by Al Washington and Al Golden, the two Owls. That, the two Owls were really taking a lot of heat from Notre Dame fans in that first half. So I, oh, I can, sure. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And once again, for me, it's context. It's not outcome-based. So I don't care how many points they gave up on the scoreboard. It's just certain things, you know, when you have a month, over a month to prepare, you cannot struggle for over a quarter trying to exactly. line, up, line up correctly. 
It, that's no. Nah. I don't know who that falls on, the players or the coaches more. That's something I'll have to get into. But no, that's that's unacceptable. The fact that Kansas State is up early right now, I, I can't wait to get to this game. I have to watch this one. Yeah. Nick Saban might blow a casket after the he might not a gasket after this one, bro. The way this was going. Oh, it's on right now. Oh yeah, yeah, Kansas State is up 10 zip. Oh, yeah, we got to get to it. We got to wrap boy, it up. Your boy Deuce Vaughn just went 70 on him. Oh, man. Deuce hey, Vaughn, Deuce, nice, is cold. Deuce is cold. Yeah, Deuce is cold. Deuce yeah. is cold. Deuce is cold. So just stay with us a few more minutes as we get ready to lock this down. Once again, don't forget Wednesday. Wednesday, next Wednesday, we will have Big KK, Kayla Smith, uh, wide receivers transfer from Virginia Tech on the Lucky Lefty podcast. And we're efforting having our guy Brady Quinn on uh, early next week as well to talk about Tyler Buckner and his performance. Uh, hopefully we can get B, BQ on and he can break some things down. I'll just let – I'll sit back and let the quarterbacks talk. Like, you guys talk about this. No doubt. You guys break it down. Lasting thoughts from this bowl victory left as Notre Dame goes to nine and four on the season. I think it's a great way to finish the season where we wanted to start building a vision of what where we want to go, which is a championship tier. We saw the change of guard. We saw some potential flashes for next year who we're going to be counting on. And I think the quarterback situation is elevated when Tyler Buckner is healthy. I want to see if he'll be shaken up with this Sam Hartman transfer. But if not, I think Tyler's um, development uh, needs to be even more uh, sped up if we want to get to that next level. I think my overriding thought is just the season in general and how you know, it's crazy how one game can mirror that ends the season can mirror the entire season. Um, I think our expectation from being spoiled as a fan base was that Notre Dame would just rattle off 10 wins like it was nothing without truly understanding what had been left behind. Yeah, top-end talent at the top of the depth chart, but the middle of the roster was kind of depleted or very young. And not understanding what it really takes to win and how important Jack Cohn, his leadership, and his quarterback play really allowed that 10 wins to happen and covered up things. Marcus Freeman didn't have that with the quarterbacks. He had in the quarterback room. And I think we saw a lot of things. I saw. I think we saw the elevation of a head coach and his maturity right before our eyes. I think we saw the elevation of the quarterback room. We asked Tommy Reese to develop somebody. And I think we have seen development for the first time this year in a quarterback room with Kenny Minchie coming in as an early enrollee and possibly a senior or experienced quarterback coming in via the transfer portal. So that bodes well. And then I think there was struggle early on to fully buy in to what Marcus Freeman was saying because some players were used to doing things a certain way. And to get a win like yesterday down 21-7, 
shows that there is buy-in and belief and not only what the game plan was yesterday to stick to it and believe that you're going to come back and win, but a belief in the overall foundation of what Marcus Freeman is trying to establish. That is a culture establishing win yesterday. I don't care who didn't play for South Carolina. The way it played out and how resilient and bought in that team had to be to come back and overcome what they overcame in the last five minutes, literally being six yards from ending the game and going up 14 points to being tied up and having to come back and do it again. That's a tough-minded football team. And they reflect, they reflected, in my opinion, what they went through this season made them tough. Sometimes you have to go through tough times. The fan base might not like it. We might feel like we took a step back. But sometimes to get to where you want to go, you have to go through some things to really develop the character of the program. We saw that. This was a character-developing season, in my opinion, for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. You saw the evidence of that yesterday, and it was a direct reflection not only of the full season, but it was also reflected in the way that quarterback came back over and over again from tough things and tough situations in the middle of a game. Fantastic game, fantastic performance by both teams. Yo, it's a lot to talk about as we get ready to go into 2023. Absolutely. Absolutely. I ain't afraid of no goats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to y'all and LL Nation for a great year. What a wild game last night, up, down, and sideways in the words of the late great Harry Carey. Holy cow, go Irish. Appreciate you. Jason Hewlett, thank you for the super chat. They pulled out the double safety blitz first quarter. We almost got burnt again. I'm just saying, luck for OC. That's our play. Man. Joe Papiti. Thank you for the super chat. Great show, man. I'm trying to figure out if Malik is a TV fan or not. I'm not 100% sold that he's that next level. QB, we need to get that natty and Tyler Butler. I think he played a nice backup role. Right I think, yo, I'm going to be honest, man. He has some, I think he's a year away from a championship team. Though. I'm going to be honest. How much better is J.J. McCarthy than Tyler Butler? I'll leave that up to you. I think he's not better than Tyler in the athleticism. I just don't think they play the same. I think J.J. is more polished than Tyler. So I think that's why J.J.'s in a better position with Michigan. Tyler's just not polished yet. There you go. There you go. Well well said. Well said. And honestly, to win at Notre Dame, Tyler only has to hit really two or three big plays a game. That's it. If he can pop two or three big plays and eliminate the mistakes, man, you're really cooking with grease. Jason Hewlett, thanks for the super chat. Lindsey could have been MVP. I'm just saying, luck for OC. Lindsey, look. He came through with like three humongous plays. 
in that game. Big clutch third down uh, conversion, the touchdown, the special team sweep. Yo, he he did his thing. Truman Theodore Dumel, thank you for the super chat. What does this bowl game win mean for us as far as recruiting? Also, speak on the game Aldrich Estime had. Go Iris Drake, and Aldrich is major. I think Aldrich Estime did what he's been doing. Yeah, Aldrich, man, I think he's a when in doubt, give it out to seven. And uh, he's going to run north and south, and teams get tired of tackling him. And he's a big reason why we can lean on teams in the second half and run away with victory. So uh, his his ability to stay healthy and and be a, a, a great leader for the team, unless he's a vocal guy on the sidelines, probably keeps the team encouraged enough to keep blocking for him, and he's making plays. And he compliments the other running backs to where – He's not a guy you have to give the ball to 15 times to get him going. He's going to splash when he gets it the first, second time. That compliments well with the other backs we got, too. David Becker, thank you for the super chat. Love the show, guys. We love you, Dave. Man, happy new year to you, my man. Alex Udell, just turned in, fellas. Where do I get that hat, Sean? Coming soon, bro. Coming soon. This has to be special order. <laughs> Manufacturers want way too much to reproduce this hat, bro. It's tough out here. Michael Kostrasis. Stingy grade for our golden defense gives us 17 points, 300 yards, and he gets a B. It's not about the outcome. So once again, Mike, dude, I, dude, listen to the head coach. Marcus Freeman is not watching that defensive film excited he's you not saw him on the sideline wanting to go crazy he's to. not he's not if i'm not mistaken half of the defense was on the field for the special teams touchdown he's not happy about that they only gave up this they only gave up that dude literally south carolina was driving down the field again uh brown just lit the wide receiver just dropped the ball he just fumbled on his own. Otherwise, they would have been ready to go into Notre Dame territory again. It's like, dude, you got to have context. You got to have context, man. You can't go a quarter and a half struggling to line up as a defense and give somebody an A. How do you do that? You can't. You can't. You don't know how to line up. And it happened over and over again. That means you went to the sideline, you talked about it, you came back out, and you still couldn't get it right. Not good. Like we said, the defense pretty much kept Notre Dame in that game. Of course. We said that. We said that, especially when the offense would sputter and go through the droughts that they went through multiple times in that game. But there are plenty of things to see defensively, like, yo, come on, man, here we go. Even on that last drive, I'm like, dude, please tell me we're not about to prevent ourselves into a tie game. Like, what are we doing right now? 
Crazy. <laughs> well, we, if it wasn't for Riley Mills coming up with that big sack that forced the uh, the penalty, it would have been tough. Man, would have been tough. Would have been tough. But if if was a fifth, we all be drunk. Twelve men on the field. Oh man, I don't know what Nana was doing. <laughs> they were they were like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, they was like, what? Like lock in. <laughs> you know, and I'll say this, David uh, Littlefield, thank you for the super chat. Iron sharpens iron, and it, I got into it with some people. Because I thought it was disrespectful. I thought it was disrespectful when Notre Dame went down 21-7. Someone tweeted out a picture of Sam Hart. And I just thought it was disrespectful. So I retweeted it left, and I said, this doesn't change a thing defensively. Doesn't change a thing. And I'll say it right now. Do you think Sam Hartman turns this team into a national championship team? Then you're missing the boat. He shows up on campus and all of a sudden they're a national title contender. No. No. Not giving up 138 yards on the ground per game. No. No. They're still small and a little light in the middle of the defensive line. That doesn't change. Sam Harvey can't play defense. He ain't changing that. He ain't changing that. He ain't changing that. You're not beating Georgia with that. No. That ain't happening. So we, you clap about Sam Hartman, think he's about to add 10 points per game to the offense. He's not changing a darn thing on defense. And people can't. They struggle to capture the principle of your quarterback doesn't play defense. Like he's not impacting the defense at all. So now you're just going to have to win with offense all year. That's it. You're going to have to outscore people. Like, literally, we just watched a defense allow second-string running backs to make their careers all season long. All season. And it started out the first half the same way. Like, the third-string quarterback, I mean, third-string running back was getting loose in the first quarter left, and we're like, okay, here we go again. Here we go. Here we go again. But they got it together. That's good. But I'm gonna need them to improve on 138 yards per game on the ground as a defense. Right. That's not a title contender. Exactly. I didn't say they. I didn't say they couldn't get to the playoffs. With it. yeah, we get to playoffs ten and two. That's totally different. You're not winning a title, giving up 138 yards on the ground. It's not happening. You're not giving up a title, missing tackles, and struggling to line up and struggling with space and pace. Some things have to be done on both sides of the ball. Marcus Freeman knows it. So why don't we know it as fans? And then you tweet that out when they're down 21 to 7. And then the kid comes back and wins the game, putting up 45 points. Now what? Now what? Now what? It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. I don't understand why people struggle to understand the concept that a quarterback can't play defense. 
Right. I, I don't care how cold Joe Burrow is. Joe Burrow doesn't win and go to the Super Bowl that that defense doesn't get stops against exactly. Kansas City. Yeah. It's not happening. I don't care how cold he is. Matter of fact, Josh Allen would have been in the Super Bowl or in the AFC Championship game if his defense could have gotten a stop. Is it not the truth? His defense couldn't hold up a 13. Josh Allen should have scored more points. But he put his team up with 13 seconds left. Left. 13 seconds left. I understand your slander on Josh There's Allen. nothing stopping him from scoring. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about the first half? Okay. If you, if you were on the sidelines left, forget Josh Allen. If you were the quarterback on the sidelines with 13 seconds left, do you expect to win that game? Tell the truth. Tell the truth. If this is If you're the quarterback, if you were on the sideline in Notre Dame with 13 seconds left, do you expect to win that game? Tell the truth. Am I going against Patrick Mahomes? Here we go. Lucky lefty podcast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. As long as all we're not talking specifically. Hey, if I'm against Patrick Mahomes, I don't I'm know. Cool. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that because you know Pat's the dude. That's my guy. So you just made my argument. I'm all I'm cool with that. I understand. You would have the fear of God, fear of God in you because of Patrick Mahomes. I'm cool. With Especially that. if I'm not doing my job like Josh Allen in the first half and dude, scoring you, more points. Uh, dude, this yeah. guy Josh, Josh must have snaked your girl and he he did something, man. This they keep trying personal. to make Josh Allen like he's the he's better than Joe Burrow somehow. And I'm like, how? No one says that right now. Who says that? They rank they rank Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, then Joe no, Burrow. No Burrow. one no one respectable thinks he's a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. Stop that. Stop Dang. that. Now now you just you, you like Michael Jordan now. Now you're trying to create somehow, somehow like, Buffalo and Kansas City is a rivalry. No. No, it's not. Come on, man. No, it's not. It's Lucky a game Lucky of closeness, horseshoes, sometimes and close. And come on, man, you gotta come on. Hey, stop this hate going into twenty three for me, left. <laughs> turn over a new leaf, new page. Josh Allen can turn over a new leaf. Come on, man. Hey, there we go. I'm mean, a Super Bowl winning MVP. He's not even better than Lamar. No, you got twelve hours left. Things got to change. How do they pay? How do they pay Josh Allen an extension? No question. Get it but all Lamar out. Lamar can't get his two fifty million guarantee. Get it all out. Josh Allen is a more dangerous runner than Lamar Jackson. You got twelve hours left before you turn over so a new. All league. I'm saying is, get all your Josh Allen stuff out, love. Get it all out. A, I'm just speaking the facts. He's get not it. better than Lamar Jackson. He's not better than Joe Burrow. Come on, get it all out. Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yes. Matter he fact, hasn't Hale. won anything. Yes. By the way, he hasn't won anything. Yes. Joe Burrow's won an AFC championship. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP. Yes. Patrick Mahomes got Super Bowls. Come on. What did Josh Allen have? Come on. Come on. Matter of fact, LL Nation. LL Nation. Anything that you need to get out before what did he have? before midnight tonight, put exactly. it in the chat. Anything exactly. about Notre Dame football you need to let go of. Lamar Put it in the chat right MVP now. Put it in the, the chat. Get it all out. Get it all out. Everybody. <laughs> Go on left. Get it all out. Get it all I'm out, speaking, left. I'm just Get it all facts. out. Speaking facts. 
Because we're turning over a new leaf at midnight, dude. Everybody has a clean slate. Everybody. Tommy gets a clean slate. Al Golden gets a clean slate. Tyler. Marcus Freeman. Anybody that's in the fan base that had an issue with anybody in 22. Come on, get it out. Put it in the chat. Get it over with. Are you done, no, Les? No, are you done? Man, you know are, you, right. are you done? You know I'm right. <laughs> Look, he left the podcast. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic? Petty Junction. Petty Junction, Petty Story of the Day, brought to you by Norwhiskey at norwhiskey.com. American whiskey. Dude, people took it serious, dude, because they have put some stuff in the chat that they're getting off their chest before the new year. <laughs> Doug is not worth the money. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, so Tyler Buckner, dude, came through with the pettiest tweet all night, dude. I didn't get a chance to bring the video up. <laughs> he puts out a tweet where he looks like he's injured. And he's like, the guy comes up and says, call the ambulance. Not for me, for you. <laughs> he tweeted that out after the game. I thought that was mad petty by Tyler. MVP, man. Do what you want, man. Congratulations, TV. MVP. Yo, I was dying because I'm like, man, are they ever going to leave the field? It seemed like they stayed on the field for like an hour, dude. Like family came down. They were kicking it, taking pictures. Yeah, Tax Layer Bowl is a little nicer than I thought. And look, we have to tip our cap to this, bro. That was a a road game. Let's keep it a buck. Oh, yeah. That was a road game. Because, dude, you're literally like three and a half hours from South Carolina's campus. The stadium was full of red. It was loud when South Carolina did something. That was a road win against an SEC team. That's right. An SEC team that was ranked higher than Notre Dame. But everybody that wants to talk about how garbage South Carolina is, they were ranked higher than Notre Dame at the time. So that's five, if I'm not mistaken, five wins against ranked teams. Marcus Freeman. Bye. Yeah. Tommy Reese had a, a tweet that was pretty petty. It wasn't as good as uh, Tyler's, though. <laughs> it wasn't good. Let's get to this game and these semifinals. Who you got in the semifinals left? Georgia, Michigan. Yeah, same here, man. Matter of fact, I want Georgia to beat the hell out of Ohio State. Just yes. for the stuff that's been happening. Zach Smith running his mouth again. You know, this other dude that works at ESPN, that's an Ohio State alum, talking about he doesn't understand why Ohio State is is an underdog. It's like, you know what? (laughs) 
Like what? Whoa. Whoa. Like you just you just got blown out by Michigan and you don't understand why you're underdog. Just that garbage. Garbage. Man, have a great, great day. Happy New Year to all of LL Nation, the entire Notre Dame fan base, and anybody else that has tuned in with us this year. You have made us the success and helped to make us the success that we've become, and we greatly appreciate it. And we already know that the best is still yet to come, not only for us, but for you. So from our families to yours, Happy New Year, eternal blessings and favor to you, man. If you go out tonight, please be safe and Godspeed to you to return home to your various destinations in safety. For the original Lucky Lefty himself, I'm Sean Davis. The Noah boys are out for 2022. We'll see you on the other side for more great content. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know. Spin it different. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.